You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a pen, call a friend. We have an exciting show for you today. If you believe in miracles, if you believe in healing, if you believe in the supernatural, well, this show is especially for you because we have uh, with us on today, Rebecca Wins, who is the wife of Ed Wins, and they are independent associates at ASEA, and they are global networkers and serial entrepreneurs. Uh, Rebecca Rebecca has a nursing background, and she lives in the beautiful Fayetteville, North Carolina. That's God's country. And she also loves people and has a deep love for God. Her story today that we're going to hear is of survival, surviving a near-death experience, and how many people have heard her story all over the world. Today, she's our special guest, and we will hear this story of courage triumph and healing. Please welcome my special guest, Rebecca. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's such a pleasure. I was given a mandate (laughs) by God to just keep walking and talking. And so that's what I do is I keep walking and talking. You know what? This is going to be a tearjerker, you all. We're in the studio on today. And this woman here, I fell in love with her instantly. She just had this has this mothering spirit and her heart just reaches out to you. And I am praying that her heart, her story will touch you in a way that you have never been touched before, that it would move you, that it would take you to a place where you're able to connect with God. Well, Rebecca, we're just going to do a little deep dive and get into your story. First of all, what was your diagnosis? Um, According to the radiologist, the report was a giant brain aneurysm. To put it in a little bit of a perspective, the artery is three millimeters the size of a coffee straw, not a drinking Mm. straw. Mm. Last scan, it was 22 plus millimeters and it had not ruptured. That was the key piece is that it had not ruptured. And my surgeon said when he got in, he said it was bigger than that. So you can say it was an inch and it, it, it had not ruptured. You know, that's so interesting because when you hear of something like that, it's almost too late for a lot of people. And, and the rupturing is just a whole nother plateau, taking them to another place. But just the seriousness of the size, I mean, that's not normal. That's not normal, is it? No, no. I actually am in a support group um, mm. with people who've had brain aneurysms, and I've never shared my story. And the reason I haven't is some of them have four, five, and six millimeter aneurysms that have ruptured and they're in a wheelchair, they're debilitated, somebody else is having to care for them. And one little statistics, one in 50 people has an aneurysm, has a brain aneurysm. Oh it's just God. a matter of if it becomes a problem or not. But yeah, I, um, it, it just was basically unheard of. I asked, uh, so I don't share my story because how can I be an encouragement. I do encourage them and, mm-hmm. and 
and provide positive feedback to them, but I don't share my story. First of all, it sounds like I made it up. Oh. No, then, then they're saying, well, why her and not me? Because with some survivor's guilt, sometimes I say the same thing. Yes. Not me. So I, I know how that goes. So I kind of leave that alone. You know, but, you said one in 50, one in 50 people have an aneurysm. It's that, that common. common. It's, it's that, that common. common. It's that common. And But see, the ones you hear about are the ones that. Oh, those are the ones you hear about because right. it, it creates problems. And, um, you know, interestingly, my neurologist at Duke said there may be one somewhere, but I've never seen one this big. Hmm. Uh, I actually had dinner with my neurosurgeon last week because he's leaving town, which makes me mm-hmm. sad. And I asked him, I said, did you think I was going to die? And he said, I knew it was going either way. Oh my it, it, it would be fixed or, you know, it couldn't, you couldn't stay there like you were. So, and we told him, he told us we didn't have any choice and he kind of laughed. He said, did I really say that? Cause doctors technically are supposed to give you a choice. You know, yes, said, yes. yes, you did. You said uh-huh. you don't have a choice. So mm. we, we went with what he said and um, it's just been, mm. it still is surreal to me some days because wow. it's going to be about two and a half weeks will be four years ago when all this happened. So during this time I was having symptoms and I was struggling. They thought I had myasthenia gravis, which is a terrible condition because my eyes were falling. Mm -hmm. I couldn't swallow. I was having Mm -hmm. trouble swallowing. And it took three weeks to hear back from that test that said it was negative. So I went three weeks with it at a very large size, you know, and continued. I remember hiking the volcano fields in Hawaii. And I couldn't see how to get down. I had no depth perception and my son and my husband and a strange man were helping me. And they just, I thought, man, I'm getting old. Is this what getting old mm. looks like? Because yeah. I had no idea what, what was wrong at the time. So one in 50, and you said, we hear, usually hear about the, the bad stories when, when the outcome is not as good, but we're not hearing about the success stories. And that's why this is not one of those things that's just talked about a lot. I mean, you hear about someone having an aneurysm, but- you know, it's like you're not hearing about the success stories, but one in 50, that's high numbers. Yes, that's it really is. High. What, what, is there anything that causes that, that you know, that they said, I mean, it just said well, it came out with, of nowhere. With me, with me, it was so large that the surgeon suspected it was an injury or a birth defect that had been lasting a long time, but aneurysms are familial. Mm. Very familiar. I had um, a great aunt and a great grandmother that passed away with that. And then Mm -hmm. last year, it's pretty certain that my 55 year old cousin, that's what took her life as well. And September is brain aneurysm awareness month. So we really worked that month to try to bring awareness. Don't ignore, Mm -hmm. don't let a doctor tell you, oh, you're having hormonal migraines. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. get a simple MRA. Mm. I always remember that rather than an MRA, a artery, you can get an MRA and have mm-hmm. it checked out. And it's so wow. worth it, particularly wow. if you have any family history, it's just important. Wow. Wow. Now, you know, you have a, a nursing background. Did that, that didn't give you a little, um, you know, in, 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 indication that, okay, this is something more serious. Or you just thought, Hey, it's an age thing. Like you were saying, I think I'm getting old. I can't hardly see, but you didn't have any, indication along the those medical training and everything that you had it's funny how you live in denial (laughs) medical people but not until I started seeing double and my eyes started falling and I remember it was about June 20 Mm. or something 
I went to visit my daughter and she said, mom, stop it. I said, my eyes falling, isn't it? She said, yes. And then I drove home with one eye covered because I couldn't, the street signs would dart in front of me. Mm. And so I, I drove down Interstate 95 home covered with one eye covered. And I knew that something was wrong, but my sister had passed away with a brain tumor mm. when I was 17. And so my, then I began to think brain tumor. But mm. when I went to my eye doctor, he very logically said, I think you have myasthenia gravis. They put me on steroids, sent me to my internist. She said, he's on track. Take these steroids. You'll be better. I didn't get better, but it took three weeks to hear from the um, blood work to, to confirm that it was not myasthenia gravis. Wow. So, so there a scan and, and I got called right away. In fact, mm. the, the report says called to doctor prior to dictation. Wow. So wow. Called him immediately. So when you got that brain scan at that point, they're like nine one one. We need yep. to get her in here and do something like right away. Yep. Now, how did that affect your family? Because this is like when you get those type of calls where it's like, okay, we need to see you right now. It's not a lot of time to negotiate. It's not a lot of time. So I, I love you and calling people and doing all of these types of things. You have to make a split decision because it could be a life or death matter. That's so right. how did your husband, how did Ed, your husband and your family members take to this news that this is something that has to be done right away. We don't have time to debate this. Well, when I went back, my eye doctor is the one that called me in and my okay. husband had been going in with me and he was on the phone car in a, in the car on a phone call. And mm -hmm. I, the nurse sat down and she was going to read me the report. And then she said, Oh, let me go get to the doctor. So the doctor came in and when mm -hmm. he told me, I called Ed, I called Ed actually said, you need to come in now. And cause I knew something was, was wrong. And so he had us go across the street to a little cafeteria and I called my mom and she came wow. and he, told us, he said, just sit tight. I'm going to get in touch with the neurosurgery people at Duke and I'll let you know. And it was probably about 45 minutes that we were at the restaurant long enough for my mom to get there. And um, I really mm. felt bad for her because here we were headed to the same hospital where we had lost my sister years ago. Oh. And I wasn't so much concerned about me, but I was more concerned for my mom because mm. I can't even imagine. You know? Yes. And, I, and I, I remember her looking at the surgeon and she said, I've already lost one child here. It can't happen again. Oh, at the he same location. He said, I got you. Mm. At the same location. So now you're back in the same hospital where there's has been a traumatic experience that you've had, your family members are there, your mom is there, and now the doctors are saying it's a situation where it's very serious, and and it's like we have to do something right now. Let me ask you a question: How did your mom? Was she in a state of just denial, or um, you know, was she like, like you said, she was like, I don't want to lose you, but. What was that like for her? Because I, you know, that's a touchy feeling for me, that mother's love, you know. Well, I didn't know it because she was very strong for me. I just mm -hmm. remember her saying that, you know, to the surgeon. Now, my husband has told me different, that it was quite different when she wasn't with me. Mm. And that's what a mother does. Wow. Like mothers do. You, 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 you're strong when you have to be strong. And, and she wow. was. But wow. quite frankly, when they told me I had a brain aneurysm, I was so sick and I knew I was sick mm. that when it wasn't myasthenia gravis, 
which takes you down just a path that's unknown. You know, it's wow. not like, it's a slow wow. day, you know. Wow. So I was like, okay, I can take this. I live or I, or I don't here mm. on this earth. And, and I never was afraid. Not, not one. I mean, I'm telling you the honest truth. It's not that I forgot. I was not afraid. I was relieved to know exactly what was wrong for one thing. Wow. And I was so grateful that I was a short distance from Duke. I mean, wow. not, much, not, not many better places you can go besides there. So. Wow. Now, what are the odds of survival with, with that type of diagnosis? I mean, it's one in 50 that may have an aneurysm, but what are the the statistics of people surviving? You know, we know you it know, can be... I, I don't know what the current mm-hmm. statistics are. Of course, mm-hmm. they're getting better all the time because there's okay. such amazing procedures. Right, right. I asked my surgeon at my two-week follow-up or my six-week follow-up, I said, what are the statistics? And he said, we don't know. 50% of people are gone before it ever reaches that size. So there wow. are no statistics to know. So <clears throat> wow. as far as the size I had, I don't know, I don't know that there are any statistics. Wow. Wow. This is, this is such a miracle. This is, this is something that, like you said, people will almost think you're making it up to get the attention or something, because this is not the typical story of a person with a condition like this, but there are situations out there that people have, they're going through difficulties. They're having, you know, the doctors telling them that we have to do surgery. Now they don't have a lot of time to contemplate, hardly have enough time to pray and gather people and call people to pray for them. So there's a lot of people in this situation. And that's why, Rebecca, we wanted you to tell this story because this is a world of of change, complexity, overwhelming competition. People are hurting in more than one way. And when you have a health challenge, they say you can have money, you can have a lot of things, but if you don't have your health, you don't really have anything, you know? And and so it's really, really important to hear your story because um, first of all, the miracle part is one thing, but just the the exaggeration of this aneurysm, the size of this aneurysm, you know, you have this Goliath aneurysm situation going on in your brain. It's not normal. You know what I'm saying? And for you to just not be afraid, you know, it's like, you know, it would scare most people to no end, you know, it would scare most people to no end. And, you know, your loved ones, I know they were around you and I know they were praying and things like that um, for you, but, what I want to know is what was your relationship before this experience like with God? Because when people have a situation like this, then they're praying, they're calling prayer partners, intercessors, pray for me. Then they really get deep. They really get real. They say, okay, God, no recess. I'm, I'm going to live for you. I'm, you know, it's playtime is over, but what was your relationship like with God before this situation happened? And then describe it after you went through this aneurysm experience and came out of it. Clear honesty. Yes. Yes. Transparency. I was raised in a church. Okay. I knew God. I was saved when I was 13. Mm. I made many mistakes through the years, but I always sensed that God was still, he still was with me and that he loved me. And about two and a half weeks before I had surgery, I was on a cruise ship. And I'll never forget, my son was on the phone with me. Mm. I don't know what kind of church you come from, but I come from a spirit-filled church that 
believes in, in praying in the spirit and, and being directed by God. And me too. Me too. And he gave me the most beautiful message. And my son was on the phone mm. and the interpretation was, and it's so simple. I have covered you with my blood. Mm. I will carry you in my arms. Mm. I love you and I love you and I love you. And I want all good things for you. And I have that hanging in my house with a picture of a huge double rainbow that I was standing out in a field in front of before this ever happened. And I have that written on there. And I tell everybody, he loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he wants all good things for you. Wow. Now, that being said, yes. when I went into surgery sometime that day, I visited a place that I completely know why people don't want to come back. Oh my goodness. I get it. So to have a shift in my belief system has been a huge shift, not just a little bit of a shift, but I didn't get to stay there. I, I, I didn't. And I spent about six weeks saying, God, why did I have to come back? Not that my life was bad, just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I knew what, what was to come and what am I supposed to do now that I'm here? Wow. Mm. I had to come to terms with surviving and now what am I going to do to thrive, you know? And I remember mm. thinking, man, am I going to be the next Marilyn Hickey or um, some of those, those gals? And one day it was like, God said, would you just settle down wow. and just, just walk and talk? That's mm. pretty easy. I can walk and talk. And so that's what I've been doing for four years now. I just walk and talk. And it's mm -hmm. given me a whole, my mom said I had grown cold about death <laughs> because somebody says, I just lost my so-and-so. And I want to say, hallelujah, you know, oh, because I know what I know. Yes. Yes. And I yes. have to catch myself and say, they're still hurting. They still, mm -hmm. they've suffered a loss and they're still grieving because they don't have the same experience that I've had. And so it's hard, you know, now yeah. when I lose my mom or my husband or somebody, I'll probably be a blubbering, you know, idiot, but mm -hmm. I still know what I know that yeah. there is a better place and there are better things mm -hmm. to come. And I told my kids, I said, if you find out tomorrow that I'm gone, you have the biggest party you can have. Wow. <laughs> All is well. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. That reminds me, Rebecca, of a story I heard once. Um, a, a young Christian person had, uh, had 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 made their transition, had gone on, and they said that they had told their family members, "When I do go, don't put me in a dress and put me in, and you know, fancy clothes. Put me in pajamas." And they thought, "Why put them in pajamas?" And they said, "Because I'm asleep and I'm going to wake up." to a better place one day. And so at this funeral, that person was in, in pajamas and he had to explain there to everybody why they were in pajamas because they were literally telling the people in the audience they were asleep and they were gonna wake again to a glorious resurrection. And uh, it's, that is amazing. You know, that is what it's all about. But what we're gonna do- so I wanna add, I was gonna interject something here. You mm -hmm. asked me why I was not afraid. Yes, yes. And. I knew what I knew. That's mm -hmm. when the rubber meets the road. And oh my you gosh. decide, do you really believe what you say you believe? Mm. 
But my grandfather had left me a plaque when he passed away, and it okay. said, if you look to the light when the waters are calm, your heart will know where to turn in the storm. Mm. And there's so much truth to that. Wow. And I had been in storms before and knew yes. that, that God was right there holding me. So, and I didn't have time to be afraid. Wow. <laughs> there was no time for fear. We just did. And I knew that I could sit back and my husband would take care of every detail. I didn't have any more decisions to make. Yes. All I had to do was breathe. Just mm. breathe. And that's what I did for 36 hours until I went into surgery. Wow. Wow. We're going to take a short commercial break right here. Uh, we're talking to Rebecca Wins, and we are hearing her story of survival, triumph, healing of how she came through a traumatic experience. But she is a survivor and a thriver. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Imagine yourself being pampered from head to toe, surrendering to the aromas of sweet serenity. Welcome to Libby's Soaps and Candles. Your destination for comfort and relaxation begins here. Visit us at Libby'sSoapsAndCandles.com to learn more about our exotic products. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. We're hearing an awesome, heart-touching, heartwarming story of a young lady that had an aneurysm, how she survived. This was not just a normal aneurysm. This was an aneurysm that was ab abnormal size. As a matter of fact, her doctors told her that they have not seen one like this before. And she survived this traumatic experience. Um, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about because um, you went through the surgery, what was the treatment like after coming out of this experience? Once they took care of this in the hospital and you went through the surgery, the doctor literally saved your life by the grace of God. But what was the treatment procedures like after that before you just felt like, okay, I'm totally okay? Or did you just wake up and say, wow, what happened? <laughs> what was that experience like? I woke up and this is funny now. I um. <laughs> They had they went through they couldn't do a craniotomy because of the mm. location, so they had to go in through my groin and deep into my brain. And I was so bruised around my groin, I thought, hmm, I never thought about having brain surgery and waking <laughs> up with my groin black and blue. But um, I really I did not have any problem. Now, are you weak and tired? No question about that. Okay, okay. But okay. I got up as soon as they would. Forty eight hours later, I. I I left intensive care and left the hospital at the same time. Two days. You got. Hours. Did you know they monitor swelling? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm, I was pretty much like I am now. Of course, mm. I had to get my strength back. I wow. had been going down for several months. So, you know, I had to, to get my strength back. But it's been pretty amazing. I, I think maybe now my brain likes to shut down a little more than mm -hmm. the average person. Like if it's mm -hmm. something real exciting, then yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop. My brain's just going to stop for a little while. And, and okay. I'm okay with that. I think mm -hmm. all of us should learn to stop. Yes. A more than we do. Yes. So I, I, it's not really a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I spent, you know, time, I couldn't pick up more than five pounds and then more. And now I've, mm. this year, I think it was the end of February, I started with a trainer and I exercise with her three days a week Okay, and do everything she asked me to do. Mm. No, I, I, I'm not telling the truth. They, wow. Yesterday morning, there was one thing I said, Kathy, I'm not going to do that. 
but it's probably one you wouldn't do either. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I, I've gone on with living and mm. but I, my priorities are really, really different. Wow. You know, that that, that just brings me to an, an important question, because um, there's people that are out there that are suffering right now that have been diagnosed that has a, a situation going on in their life. They've been told something by the doctor. Some of them don't even have family members there with them, um, you know, around them to, to comfort them and to be there by their side. As you mentioned, your mom was there. Can you, can you just speak to that person that may be out there and that are listening to the story and they don't have that hope that you had in Christ? They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. You know, can you just encourage them to let them know that just to hold on that, that there are people out there that care. There are people out there that are praying for them that, um, that may not even know them. You know, I just want you to speak to someone out there that's having a difficult situation. They don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to, but they can turn to God. Just speak to that person, please. Well, you know, first of all, they need to reach out to people that they know. We, we okay. have a world of people praying Um, People could view it as trying to get attention or whatever they wanted. But the people who really were believers and were prayer warriors, they were praying for me from all Mm. over the world. Wow. Literally. And so you, but you have to put the word out. People don't know what's going on with you if you don't let them know. Mm. But outside of that, you just have to know that God is there. Mm. Here, 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 under, above, below, in front of, and back of. And I remember looking at my surgeon and I said, you don't know it. I said, but God gave you those hands and that brain for me today. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I held on to that and believed that God was directing every step. And I look back and I believe he was. Um, And I even said to my husband, you know, Dr. Gonzalez walked with me down the hall into the operating room he said no he didn't wow and I said well who was it you know but I'm I just sensed that God was there and if you're all and with COVID many people are all alone yes when going through crisis they're in the hospital they're passing on to the next life and they're alone but they're not alone mm. Mm. you're wow. never alone mm. when we say in our Christian beliefs God is everywhere do you believe that he is oh. everywhere? Wow. Rebecca, who inspires you? Who motivates you to keep you going when you just get up and just have this tenacity to just keep pressing? Who motivates you? My husband is a good one here. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you that literally there are times when I say, away with all of you, I'm going to my mm. prayer room. Wow. 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 Just, I have to, you know, some people in another world call it grounding mm. or, or whatever. Yes. It, it's grounding when, when it's just me and God alone. And I've been to my prayer room before and said, God, this is not a good day. I don't even know how to pray. I keep a journal. And sometimes mm-hmm. that journal says, God, I ain't got nothing today. and you know but I sometimes I commit I'm not leaving until I have a breakthrough and I have the strength and the courage that I need wow and you know even today I'm going through something that is has been a big big struggle yes and 
but I don't have a question if, if I'm going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll get through it. Might mm-hmm. it be painful? Might there be some more ups and downs with it? Absolutely. Mm. But I'll get through it. And I believe in the end, God will get the glory. And I, that's yeah. a whole nother story for you and I to talk about sometime. Wow. It's like the scripture says, we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And you are definitely called according to his purpose because I try to do what he says. Mm, mm. And I love the fact that you said being grounded. Sometimes your brain just shuts down, you know, and it just stops. And I agree with you. We all need to stop this pandemic that we've gone through and still kind of going through the, 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 the less remnants of it, so to speak. Uh, it's a time where people had to stop. They had to reflect. They had to to see themselves. And and it's one thing to to quarantine from people. It's another thing to quarantine from negative thoughts, negative people, negative uh, conversations. And I think that's something that we need to do more of remembering quarantine from negative thoughts, negative people, negative, you know, uh from your own. Yes. From your own. Scripture mm. says, guard your heart, check mm. every thought. And when those thoughts start coming into your mind, you say, is this true? Is this holy? Mm-hmm. Is this a good report? Away mm. with you. Away. Mm. Mm. And you have to wow. practice. It's, a, it's an ongoing, lifelong practice. I yes. Think. Yes. And it's, it's amazing because the, confer- the uh, conversation has been hand washing, hand washing. But what about heart washing? Washing your heart, like what you just said, you know, yeah. away with you with these thoughts that are, are coming at you. And if there's negative thoughts telling you that you can't make it, that you'll never be anybody, that you just might as well give up or stop. We want you to know that you can make it and you can take it because the same God that delivered Rebecca through this situation, you can reach out to that God because he cares for you. And that's the reason why we wanted people to hear this story, because it's so important for you to know that there is a God and that he does care and we're all his children. So it doesn't matter where you come from, what you may be going through. You need to know that there is someone that cares, someone that loves you more than you can love yourself. And you don't have to go looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong faces, but you can reach out to the same God that Rebecca has, and he can touch your life. We talked about, like I said, heart washing. He can wash your heart and, and change your life. And you can, you can have a newness of life. And, and that's what it's all about is just being able to, as Rebecca said, get grounded, get all those thoughts out of your head and know that there is more, there is more out there. You know, Rebecca, is there something that you would like to share with our audience, something that is on your heart? Uh, Because, you know, you, I just became so tearful just talking to you, hearing your story uh, yesterday when I heard your story. It just teared me up because you have a mother's heart, a mother's love. And there are people out there that they can feel that there are vibrations and frequencies going out over these airwaves. And I just want you to speak to someone out there that just need that touch. They need that connection, another human touch. Could you just speak to them, please? Again, I have to say, you just have to know. I want to add something else, too. It's, it's time for people to take their health into their own hands mm, and begin wow. to take care of themselves and not rely on the same old, same old, because 
it evidently hasn't been working all that well, you know, wow. losing a lot of people, mm. but I, I, people need to know that taking care of your health is important. Yes. But we, we have a temple. Mm. God commands us to take care of that temple. And God also, and this just came to me, demands fellowship with other people. Say that again. <laughs> we, we can't isolate. We Ooh. can't isolate and have support. They're, mm. they're, they go against each other. So find, find a group that you can be involved with and that can provide you support when you need it. It's important. But mm. at the times that you find yourself alone, just know that God is there. And, you know, here in my, my nurse mother self, I want to give all of you my phone number and say, <laughs> say, call me. But if anybody reaches out to you, feel free to give them my phone number. I will be glad to talk with them. I don't mind at all. Not you know, at all. and I'm serious. Yes. And she is very serious. You all, she does have that, that mother's heart, that mother's love that reaches out. She, I, you know, I, I tell her she's like a mother to the nations. There are people that need her. And that brings me to an important thing, Rebecca, because what do you feel your, your life's mission, your life's calling is now going through this traumatic experience? God brought you through it. How has this changed your view of life and your, 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 your life's plan for what you should be doing now? Well, you know, I, we're involved in a health and wellness company that we have amazing, amazing, amazing testimonials mm -hmm. about. So, I, you know, I know that that's a piece of what I'm destined to share. And I do that every day. I tell my, my people that call me, I say, call me anytime. This is what I do every day, all day. Mm -hmm. But I want people to know um, that if you're walking with Jesus, mm. every other step will fall in line mm. and you live this life as productive as you know how you know at, my husband and I we say we don't really listen to a lot of sermons about revelation because we want to know how to live today and if we know how to live as God demands us to live today I don't have to worry about what's going to happen in the end times no. this mm. life is a dash you're born you pass on to mm -hmm. the next life. Mm -hmm. And what you do in the middle is what really, really is important. And when you do those things in the middle that are in line with what God wants you to do, this life will be a vapor and you'll be gone and you will never want to come back. <laughs> I, I know you're not, you're not yes. used to hearing people say that, but yes. I'm just telling you, you won't care about coming back. Wow. 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 That is so, so interesting. You know, just hearing um, the experience of what that's like. I know you, you had went to a certain place and you did not want to come back. And I hear people talking about these almost life and death experiences where they saw the light or something. They were just in a, such a, a peaceful place and they did not want to return. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and a lot of people are able to experience that. Then they come back here and then there's stress everywhere and things like that. You know, just waking up in the morning and figuring out your day and what you got to do can be stressful. But there's also rest in stress. 
the word stress itself, there's rest in that, you know. And uh, but I, I, I would like to just ask you a question, Rebecca, because as you were talking, it just came to my mind. We were talking about your life's mission and what is here for you. If Jesus Christ were to walk into the room with you right now, what would you say to him? Not a word, probably. I can't, I can't even imagine having the right words to sing. I can't even, you heard the song, I can only imagine. Um, I, I don't know that I, that I could do anything but weep. Hmm. I, I don't know. Wow. That is that can is. Can you imagine if Jesus walked into your door right now? Yes, yes. I mean, your prayer. How would you pray if Jesus walked into the room? How would you sing if Jesus walked into the room? How would you shout if Jesus walked into the room with you right now? It's such a contemplated thing to think about. You know, just just His presence, just His presence, and His presence was there with you when you went into surgery. And when you came out of surgery and it's still here with you right now, and, and you have been just such a joy <laughs> talking to, sharing your story, sharing your testimony. I, I have a box of tissues here because I knew I was going to be trying to keep my, my lashes on <laughs> to keep them crying. Usually I blubber the whole time. So I've done really <laughs> yeah, this, this is, uh, I just want to thank you so much for being my special, special guest. Hearing your story, hearing how God has brought you through a traumatic experience, it gives us hope. It gives people hope knowing that that they can make it, that they can come through, even if they don't have a lot of support, but that God is there. And, Absolutely. and, and that's what we need to know. We need to know that people care, that people really care. And, and, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. You know, friends, we're just about almost out of time. But if you haven't heard this entire broadcast, please tune in to www dot road to eternity dot net to get more information to be able to get in contact with Rebecca as well and and just to to get more information of what's going on with ASEA because that is an exciting company health and wellness that's what the the track that she's on right now helping other people and Rebecca is there a way a website or something that they can get a hold of you through the company where they can get more information it's on a mission dot team like a ball team asia asea dot com wow thank you so much well thank you so much for sharing your story uh we try to keep our eyes kind of dry here but it was really difficult <laughs> it was really difficult but this is such a um, a heartfelt story, and and who knows, it may be a movie one day. We never know what God is going to do, but it's one of those types of stories that people don't make it, people don't survive, and and it's and it's something that even I know your doctor has has this memory of that he's not only saved your life through the grace of God, but he has not seen anything like it. But that's what we serve. We we serve a big God, a supernatural God. He can't miss. With this, with, he can't miss. So anything that's going on in your life, world, and affairs, know that God cares, that he's always there, like Rebecca said. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. Just remember that you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.